listening to the Simple Worship Podcast, recorded each week at University Christian Church in Fort Worth, Texas. To learn more about our services, ministries, and outreach opportunities, please visit universitychristian.org. Today we're in Mark. We are still in chapter 1. Um, it's been several weeks. Mark moves very fast, but a lot happens in chapter 1. Uh, last week, just before the text that we're going to hear today, Jesus and his four disciples, he's only called four at this point, have gone to Capernaum. And Jesus, on the Sabbath, went to the synagogue, started teaching with authority. The people were astounded. They were like, this guy teaches with authority, not like the scribes that we're used to. And then there was a, a man who was filled with an unclean spirit. He called Jesus by name. Jesus of Nazareth, I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. And Jesus silenced him because in that culture, naming somebody uh, gave them power over you. So Jesus silenced the demon, cast him out of the man, and the people were even more astounded. Not only was he a great teacher, but he also had the power to tell demons to leave or unclean spirits to, to leave this man's body, and they did. They listened to what he said. And that's where today's story picks up. So we're going to be in, Mark, like I said, Mark chapter 1, starting at verse 29. I'm going to split the reading today in two parts. Uh, so the first section goes through verse 34. Hear what happens after that. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Those are the four disciples that he called. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons. And the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. So this is typical fashion for Mark. It moves at a breathless pace, Mark likes to say, immediately. So as soon as they left the synagogue, they're going to the house of Andrew and Simon. We find out Simon's mother-in-law is sick. She's in the bed. Remember, there's no Tylenol. There's no antibiotics. And if you had a fever, it could mean something really bad. And maybe it was because when Jesus got there, they told him about it at once. And Jesus went to her, took her by the hand. The scripture says he lifted her up. The fever left, and she began to serve them. Now, this story has always gotten under my skin just a little bit. Um, obviously, the societal roles were different in those days than they are now. Uh, I read quite a bit about that this week, as a matter of fact, preparing to talk about this today. And uh, read lots of things that said, you know, it was her calling to serve. It was her responsibility to serve. It was her expectation to serve her guests. Um, and that when Jesus healed her, she was able then to do what she was called to do. Uh, but it, it almost sounds like in that interpretation that Jesus healed her so that she could serve them. Um, and some of that probably has to do with my own experience with my parents. Um, my dad, God rest his soul, my mom did everything for him. And the thing that I hated the most was he would tell her to get his underwear, t-shirt, and socks laid out on the bed. 
And I, it just always got under my skin. I'm like, she picked them up, she washed them, she folded them, she put them away, you can't pull them out of the drawer. Um, but I asked her about it, she said it didn't bother her, so I guess it worked for them. But I guess a couple of things stand out to me in this story. The first thing is that Jesus touched this woman's hand. Um, if you were here last week, you uh, might remember that I talked about how I had never really thought much about what Jesus' voice sound like or what the touch of His hand would have felt like. Um, and once again, this week, we've got this touch, Jesus touching this woman's hand. It's such a tender moment in the story. And I can just imagine what she felt like when that fever left her and she was lifted up by Jesus completely made well. It reminds me of that hymn that I love so much, Love Lifted Me. There's a line that says, When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Um, the second thing that stands out to me in this story is the word serve. Now, I don't do this often, but I checked the Greek word for that. Usually when a preacher says, the Greek word for this, my eyes just, you know, it's a signal for me to kind of go off into a nap. But I wanted to see what that verb specifically was. So later on in Mark, Jesus is going to say of Himself that the Son of Man came to serve, not to be served. And that is the same word that is used for this woman as she is serving after she's been healed. So it's more than just dipping the soup and making the sandwiches for these men. This is her grateful response to her healing. And she is doing what Jesus Himself thought that He was called to do and taught others to do, to serve others in response to God's great love. All right, the story continues at sunset. And that's an important thing to take note of because now that it's sunset, the Sabbath is over. And so everybody, all these good Jewish folks who've been observing the Sabbath are able to come to the house. They go right to Simon and Andrews to see Jesus. Mark says the whole city was at the door, obviously an exaggeration, but the word about Jesus was spreading even before TikTok. He cured the sick. He cast out demons. Again, he would not let them speak because they knew him. It's kind of a creepy phrase there, because they knew him. Um, the demons knew that he was the Son of God before the people did. Um, the people only knew at this point that he was a good teacher and that he could cure diseases. And um, so that's, that phrase kind of creeped me out. Um, but if we take a look at this story, Jesus was in the synagogue, which was a public setting. And then he's in the house healing Simon's mother-in-law, which was a private setting. Then he's healing those who are gathered around the house. That's a public setting. And now the story once again shifts to a more private moment. I'm going to continue the scripture reading at verse 35. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place. And there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also. For that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. So Jesus got up 
in the wee hours of the morning, before the sun even come up. He went to pray by himself. If you think about this story, he has had a full day. He was teaching first, and then he healed the man in the synagogue, and then he healed Peter's mother, and then he healed uh, all these people from the town who had gathered around. Everybody wants to see him to be near him. Maybe they want to be healed, or maybe they just want to see other people be healed. We know that after Jesus was baptized earlier in this chapter that He was tempted in the wilderness. And I wonder if this was another moment of temptation for Jesus. What that day presented for Him. The Scripture said that the people were astounded. That He preached with authority. They were, evil spirits obey His commands. And then think of all the people. He healed me of my back pain or my headache or my congestion or my whatever, you name it. This disease, I don't even know what it is. He healed me of it. It would have been really easy for Jesus to just set up camp in Capernaum. He could have been the headline preacher at the synagogue, um, have a big group of people come in to see him every day, be really popular, be really powerful. But he went off by himself to pray. It was almost as if he couldn't wait to pray, as if he couldn't wait to be alone in prayer because it was still dark. He knows how important it is to center himself, to be grounded and connected with God. I don't know what he prayed for. The Scripture doesn't tell us, but I can imagine him praying for peace and for guidance and for direction. The disciples woke up. He was gone. And then the text says they hunted for him. That's a desperate word. Like they hunted for him. I wonder if they thought somebody kidnapped him or something because he was doing all these healings or maybe I just watched too much crime TV. Um, but they were desperate to know where he was. And why were they desperate to know where he was? Because everyone is searching for you. Jesus, as they say, in the entertainment world, is a hit. Everybody loves him. Everybody wants him around. But he's not going to fall into that trap. He has gone to pray. He is grounded, understanding that this is not about him and his popularity. This is not about him and any power that he can claim. He's going to listen where God has directed his steps. It's time to leave here and go to other towns to continue this work of teaching and healing all around Galilee. So what can we take from this story? Well, you know me well enough to know that I'm not going to tell you that. I'm just going to ask you some more questions. It might be interesting to think about what tempts us uh, social media makes it really alluring to be popular, to see how many likes you can get, to see how many views you can get, how many clicks you can get. What are the self-centered things that try to control us? And just a side note, self-care is not the same as self-centered, but that's another sermon and we can talk about that another time. But what are the self-centered things that we do that try to control us? How, how much of ourselves are we giving to those things? And... How are we staying grounded in God? 
How are we centering ourselves? What does our prayer life look like? How often do we rely on God for direction and for peace in our lives? And then how do we respond? How do we respond to God's grace and love? Jesus served. How are we serving others? And how is God calling us to be at work in this world? Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Simple Worship Podcast. If you enjoyed today's sermon, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with others. To learn more, please visit universitychristian.org.